0: The, time, the title that I was assigned to for this period was saying and singing the words of God. That is, singing the words of God basically from scripture. And uh, as it worked out, um, um, Dwalin's mind and this assignment were running in kind of the same channel. And so we're, we're pretty much in the same wavelength and I was trying to decide what's the best way to do that without making it feel like we're doing the same thing for, for the whole evening. Well, I think we're, we're going to try to reach a kind of a compromise. I have a few notes here, a few things that, that I think I'll lead into. But we also have a book that we've had here this week and have not used that. It looks like this. You have some distributed on the chairs into his presence. This is a song. I should have checked the copyright date. I'm doing it quickly here. Uh, 2020. I was going to say about four years ago, three to four years ago, and that is right. Uh, this book was compiled by the music camp as a way to bring some new songs, some new tunes, some new texts to older, more familiar tunes, but just a, a number of things that could be used in addition to what we already have at the church. And so We've had those here this week. I was going to, to reference this a bit, but I think I'm going to shift my own time towards singing a few more from this just to be able to introduce them a little bit more. Well, a couple of comments uh, prior to, to that, and this just goes back to what I was thinking as a lead-in to this evening uh, earlier on, saying and singing the words of God. There are a lot of songs that we know, of course, that go in many different directions. And we talked about that some last evening, talking about the Psalms and the hymns and spiritual songs as three different categories of singing, all of which are legitimate, all of which we are called upon to use, and all of which are, as we put them together, I believe uh, provide a diet of health and strength in our worship. The Psalms taken from our historical heritage that taught both about God and our own experience in very distinct ways. The hymns being songs that are especially directed to God and his person, his character, his doings. And the spiritual songs that have a more of a horizontal connection songs that talk about our experience songs that in which we we speak sometimes to each other about that, and so that has been um, that that was our focus last evening and just a, a sidebar to that there is a um, there's a a kind of qualitative difference between songs that are sung out of experience and songs that are sung out of um, of just a a feeling of something that needs to have words and music. And I'm trying to recall right now if I mentioned this example last evening, I don't think I did. Uh, If I did, if I'm repeating it, Uh, we can simply attribute it to advancing age because I have heard that those things happen as people get older. Although it it always gives me special joy to see younger people who have the same problem of forgetting. So I suppose we all have it. But just one example. Uh, Not long ago, there was someone in our congregation who was killed in an accident. uh, a heavy lawnmower fell down on him. He was trying to, to, um, to sharpen the blades on the bottom, and it was just an unfortunate thing. It was extremely heavy. He was well. They he was found a while after that. But I was to lead singing in our church the next Sunday, and it was trying to decide how do you lead singing in that kind of context when everybody knows that <clears throat> that uh, that has happened, and we're we're all thinking about it, and we care about that. Um, One of the songs that I led was When Peace Like a River. And uh, the point of that here is that when I think of that song, I think of the basic text. When peace like a river attends my way, when sorrows like sea billows roll. And, you know, all of us have sorrows. Uh, They are They are significant, but we kind of think, when we're singing a song like that, well, everybody experiences that. It's no big deal. And then, it is well with my soul. I have peace in those times, and all's right with the world. And sometimes I think we can sing it with that kind of character. But I was looking at the background of that text, and uh, I have known this before, but was reminded again. That was written in the context when the, the author of the of the text uh, was, he was going to go to England with his family but because of schedule, his wife and daughters went earlier and he was going to go within the next couple of weeks. There was a storm at sea, Uh, the ship sank, the daughters were killed, the wife was saved. When she got to England, it was before the days of course of cell phones and internet. But when she got to England, she sent back a two-word telegram to her husband. It said, saved alone. And he immediately made plans to go to England to join her. And the captain of the ship that he was on knew what had taken place and learned that some of his family had been on that ship. And so when they came to the area where that ship had been, He notified him that this is where where the ship went down where your daughters would have died. And so he went out on the outer deck of the ship and just absorbed it for a while. And it was in that context that he wrote the text of When Peace Like a River. And in, in being reminded of that, it simply took on a new connotation of depth, peace in having lost most of his family. And as we look at various songs, there are lots of expressions that are legitimate and important and good to sing. But I think especially it, it, it kind of tells when a person has written a text that comes from experience and shows a kind of, of comprehension of whatever was taking place, but especially God's working in the middle of all of that. And so when we sing, uh, we are doing significant things. And the the songs that Dwylan was leading uh, speak of that. One of the concerns that I've had that I would encourage us, well, I, it might be a little bit harder this evening because we are going to sing more songs that are a little bit newer. So we can't quite focus in the way that we would with familiar ones. But I often think that that the familiarity of songs is both a blessing and a vulnerability. The blessing is that the songs that we know come back to us very often at important times and speak to us and we speak through them. The vulnerability is that their familiarity can kind of put us to sleep. And sometimes I think we might recite songs more than speaking them, if that makes sense. Um, And so, Uh, The the early Quakers had a thing about singing, and there has been, of course, an historic uh, tradition of silent worship uh, in a silent or at least very few words, sometimes a speaking of this or that, but not very much a lot of reflection. One of the things that the early Quakers said was that they actually did not uh, permit singing in church because they said, when we sing... We speak too many lies. We say too many things that we really don't follow through with. Um, I have never tried to test this. I'm not sure that it would be possible to do it very accurately, but I've long had the sense that I believe is correct that many of the songs that we sing, especially that are written out of that level of experience, have the potential of being absolutely life-changing if we speak them with with honesty, with uh, speaking the words from our understanding and from our heart, and if we follow through with what we have said. Um, I think of the words of the song, take my life and let it be, and by the way, it's interesting in the Mennonite hymnal that uh, I kind of grew up on, the title, the title of that song in most hymnals, Take My Life and Let It Be. And if you look at that title um, and take it literally, it's saying, take my life and let it be. And so in the matter of hymnal, it's take my life and let it be consecrated. They finished that thought. But in that song, we sing, take my silver and my gold, not a mite would I, without, would I withhold, And numbers of things that are very, almost drastic. And sometimes uh, we're singing that song and I kind of look and I'm careful about what I say and sing. And so the Quakers had a point that I would not agree with functionally, but what they were saying does make us think. Well, um, so much about that one more comment perhaps and in this title saying and singing words the words of god probably there's more potential for that found in the psalms than anywhere else you were drawing some some songs from that and as we look at songs that are extensively based on scripture we find quite a few of them there but we also find them in other from other sources as well okay with that we're going to turn to this uh, book for a bit. Do all of you have access to copies? There may be some more in the back. I think you were passing some around, but just make sure that you have them, can easily see them. Would you turn to number 45? This is an extension of of a scripture in Philippians uh, chapter two and verse 11, and if you look at this, he is Lord, he is risen from the dead, and, and he is Lord. I think there's another verse that I kind of known and heard or learned by ear. And I don't know uh, where all of these verses come from, but to call your attention to, it, to them. He is Lord, he is Lord, he is risen from the dead. That's an important description of who, God, of who Christ is. He is king he is king, he will draw all nations to him. And the next phrase, and the time shall be when the world shall sing that Jesus Christ is king. If you you pay any attention to the news at all these days, it's kind of hard to imagine the reality of that phrase. That the time will come when the world, the whole world will sing that Jesus Christ is king. And yet that is a part of prophecy, that that is a part of God's movement. So we're singing something pretty potent about God's words there. He is love. He is shown by his life that he is love. He is life. He has died to set us free and he is life. So this is kind of familiar, but it's kind of not because of that text. It's not heavy text. But it's pertinent text. So let's sing now verses 2, 3, and 4. Just with that awareness and with all of the songs that we, that we sang, and I, I'm going to cut this shorter, I hope, than what had been intended um, because of the duplication here. But in everything that we're saying, be aware of speaking it from our own mind and spirit. And that goes further than simply singing it off the page.
1: verse 2 he is king he is king he will draw nations to him he is king
0: Is. But it is a pertinent text and there is, there is really no other world religion that could say with honesty or would even try to say that he is love. The essence of who God is, is love. Turn to number, um, just a moment. Turn to number 13. This is in a minor key, uh, but it's still, it's very easy to sing. Oh Lord, hear my prayer, when I call, answer me. Oh Lord, hear my prayer, come and listen to me. Um, this song f- comes from, it says at the bottom of the Taze community. How many of you are aware of that? Is, does that ring a bell, Taizé? Okay, it's, um, there is a, it, it's a small town in the, in the the east central part of France and for the last probably 30 to 40 years it has become a center where people come to from all around Europe, actually all around the world, but especially uh, Europe. And a high percentage of those are young people. um, There is a time of the summer when depending what they will limit the age of people that they can come so uh, of people who can come so that enough younger ones can come but it's simply a place where they have a number of seminars a number of worship events taking place throughout the summer my wife and i were in uh, in that part of france uh, about three years ago three or four years ago and uh, close enough that we went there one evening for their evening prayer and it was just a very moving time there were a couple thousand people there that evening and the singing, uh, most, many of the songs are short like this. Most of them are scripture-based, and they are sung, uh, they are generally repeated a number of times. And I think all of us have um, impressions of songs or how much to repeat songs and, and have them be valuable. Um, and with contemporary singing, there's often a lot of repetition, but one of the things that I've found with these songs is that they generally have a, a text from scripture and a text that with its weight or its, its significance bears repeating. And so this is one of them. And uh, there was light accompaniment, but in the, in the singing, there was very obvious part singing by people who often don't sing in parts but but it was just a, a sense of everyone singing together in a very meaningful way. This song comes from that setting. Um, let's let's sing this, uh, sing the melody through together one time, and then repeat it with the uh, with uh, with singing it in parts, and let's see where it where it goes.
2: Oh. oh, oh. Whoa.
0: But it is a cry that we hear very often in the psalms and else, elsewhere in scripture just asking god to hear us and knowing that he does hear us when we come to him what i'd like to do is have us sing this again here and then um, because of not having been able to quite plan this in the way that it would have otherwise i'll simply read a few of these these scriptures but uh, i'll read the first one for example and then we'll sing this again just as a way of taking the prayer that has been written and speaking that to the lord again and do that several times this goes on to the next page but i think that we will stop with the scripture at the end of this page once again
1: bum bum bum. oh lord hear my prayer Answer me, O oh Lord, hear my prayer, O oh Lord, hear my prayer, come and listen to me.
3: Hear my prayer,
0: Lord. Let my cry come to you. Do not hide your face from me in the day of my distress. Incline your ear to me. Answer me speedily in the day when I
1: call. Mm-hmm. Oh Lord.
0: Days pass away like smoke, and my bones burn like a furnace. My heart is struck down like grass that and has withered. I forget to eat my bread, because of my loud groaning. My bones cling to my flesh. I'm like a desert owl in the wilderness, like an owl
1: in the waste places. Oh Lord, hear my prayer. O Lord, hear
3: my prayer When I call, answer me O Lord, hear my prayer O Lord, hear my prayer Come and listen
2: to me
0: All the day my enemies taunt me those who deride me use my name for a curse for I eat ashes like bread and mingle tears with my drink because of your indignation and anger for you have thrown me up have taken me up and thrown me down my days are like an evening shadow I wither away like grass
1: O oh Lord
0: enthroned forever. You are remembered throughout all generations. And let's change
1: now to The Lord is My Song. The Lord
0: again by how dark this whole picture is and yet at the end of that there is a word of certainty about who God is as one who is enthroned forever. He is secure and because of that we are in him. Go back to number one, (coughs) song number one. This I think is a familiar tune. And there is something about the first song in a, any song collection that often says something, I think, about the character or kind of the philosophy of that collection. And this is one of those, we sing to you, O God, the rock who gave us birth. And it's just, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a powerful text in a number of ways. Verse 2 says, we wandered far from home in a desert land. We all haven't always stayed close. You bear us through the world on, as, as, as an eagle bears her young. And then with that kind of mixture in between, O oh God, eternal God, we hide within your wings. Let's sing verses just verses 1 and 4. We sing to you, O oh God, and again, I think that you will know this.
1: Oh, 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 oh. We sing to you all. This is
0: the kind of text that we find so often in the psalms. Just a powerful expression of praise. And I hope, by the way, that we're singing this as something that we are speaking to God, ourselves. And we probably can all sing or say, even though we have, we didn't sing this verse. Yeah, we have our own ways of wandering and needing to come back and needing to restore and refresh. Number five, this is another very short one. This does not come from Teze but from another source. So let's just learn it again, melody one time, and then sing in parts as we repeat it.
1: Oh, oh taste and see.
0: to do it on this one, but this again is written in a way to then say, or to read uh, in various ways the scriptures below them. And as you look at these, I bless the Lord at all times, his praise will continually be in my mouth, and then go back, yes, taste and see that the Lord is good. This poor man cried and the Lord heard him and saved him from all of his troubles. Yes, taste and see that the Lord is good. And it's just a reminder that in all of the stuff that we experience, God is good. Number 10. Let's just sing verse 1 and 3. My God and King,
1: Oh, oh, oh. my God and King.
0: So that's beginning to sound familiar. <clears throat> Have you sung that before? A couple of notes are different, uh, but not very many. And just for all of us who are here, this was written by, <clears throat> by uh, a Russian man by the name of Con- Konstantin Zhigulin, and uh, I met him one time. I don't know he f- how he found it, but he ha- <clears throat> um, he, he attended or he did, attended not as a, as a student, but as a visitor, at a, a music camp in Virginia, probably now seven or eight years ago, and uh, discovered that he has had a ministry of music, of teaching uh, in Russia and a few surrounding countries, but especially in Russia, uh, over the years, in ways that were very similar in concept to what the music camps are about. And so he got in touch and just asked if he could come and see what we were about. Uh, he's written quite a few songs, all of them as far as I know, based on scripture texts. And uh, he gave me a whole sheaf of them and this was taken from that. And a song that has, that has, uh, has meant a lot, it's a, very, it's a rather familiar text uh, coming from, I'm tra- trying to remember, yes, from Psalm 84 but the just the joy of being able to go into God's presence, especially as we worship together. Number 19, number 19. And again, I'm, I'm picking up just a few of them here. I know that you know this uh, or are learning it. This one is based on, the, on uh, some some a part of the Beatitudes taken from the Sermon on the Mount. Blessed are the poor in spirit for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. That kingdom of heaven is not uh, recited here but uh, blessed are those who hunger and thirst. Blessed are those who are persecuted. And we're singing this in the choir here in case uh, you're here and, and not a part of that. But But I was struck again with what we with what we mean or how we mean it when we sing Blessed are the persecuted, serving those who do them wrong. Uh, And we sing this, the nature of this song is a kind of positive, affirmative. It has a a brightish kind of of character. And yet singing about persecution seems almost ironic. And yet we're talking about the blessing of God on his people. Uh, Again, verses 1 and 3 together.
1: Oh, oh, blessed are the poorings
0: let's shift gears to a couple of songs yet from the hymnal. And I do intend to stop before too long. Would you turn to number 23, I'm sorry, number, not 23, 169, 169 in the hymnal, <clears throat> the Lord's my shepherd I'll not want. There are, I'm virtually sure that if you take the, uh, especially Psalm 23, Following that, perhaps Psalm 100 and Psalm 150, uh, Psalm 39 is another one that has a kind of text that has been set to music many times. Uh, most of the funerals that we have attended, are, let's say a high percentage, would have on the the handout that is sometimes given will uh, <clears throat> we'll, we'll have the Lord's Prayer, or not the Lord's Prayer, will have the... the um, We'll have Psalm 23, The Lord's My Shepherd, on the back. It's uh, on the back of that card. It's just a comforting kind of scripture. Mm-hmm. Just take a moment and look at the text of this song. Um, my pages are sticking together. There we go. Um, Now I have it. The Lord's my shepherd, I'll not want. Just scan the text and just speak out a few words that it says either about God, or um, uh, either a name of God or a characteristic of God or something that God does. Just, Just speak out a word or two, looking through any of the verses here. Who is God and what God does? He's a shepherd. He's good. He is. Good. He is good. Legal. Okay. What else does he do? Comfort. He comforts, and I think that's one of the reasons why that, why Psalm 23, is on so many funeral bulletins because it does speak comfort and presence and warmth. He restores, and restores. that's a pretty big one. Have you been in a situation where you personally feel like you need restoration? I've certainly been there. To restore means to bring us back to health. He's a God of goodness. He's a God of mercy. We're not going to sing all of this, but just be aware of of what what we are saying when we talk about who God is and how how he connects with us in the verse of this song, and I'm looking I'm looking for something that I'm not seeing right now. Uh, verses 1 and 2, I'm sorry, 1, yeah, 1 and 2 and then 5. 1, 2 and 5.
1: Oh, 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 oh. Oh.
0: now that I was looking for, I was looking in a later verse, it's actually verse 1. Look at how that reads. Um, I will not want, I will not have want of anything. He makes me down to lie in pastures green. He leadeth me the quiet waters by. The way that we normally sing that. He makes me down to lie. And then, in pastures green he leadeth me. And if we break that sentence at the wrong place, it, or at a different place, it gives it a different meaning. Uh, he makes me down to lie, he makes me lie down in green pastures, he gives me a good place to be, and then he leads me beside the waters. We tend to sing that. He makes me down to lie, and pa- makes me down to lie, in pastures green he leadeth me. Not a big deal, and yet there are ways in which retaining the picture that is there does make a difference take a look at number 114 114 what does the word awful mean Okay, that's not the way that I have often heard it and seen it used. The word awful often means bad. I, in the Mennonite hymn that I referred to a bit ago, they also changed the spelling of this in their title to A-W-E-F-U-L, before Jehovah's full of awe throne. No, you were exactly right. That, that is what it means. but. Um, I don't think we're going to sing this, but I'd like just to look at the text. Before Jehovah's awful throne, that is his throne that is full of all, calling nations to bow with sacred joy. Know that the Lord is God alone. He can create, he can destroy. And I look at that phrase sometimes in the world in which we live and just think, you know, it can't get much worse. But he is the Lord who is still over all and the, the times in which we live are not the first bad times, or difficult times, or degraded times that the world has experienced. It has happened before. But it's just it, it's such a, a, a powerful reminder of who God is. Look yet at, at verse 2. His sovereign power without our aid made us of clay and formed us men. We didn't have anything to do with that. He has done that. And then the the last uh, phrase said, when like wandering sheep we strayed, he brought us to his fold again. And all of us have our own wanderings and temptations and being pulled away, and he pulled us back. And I simply call your attention to this song because it is one of those that so powerfully um, talks about the greatness, the fullness, the, the eternal character of God and yet his love and his care, and he comes next to us and is in us. I actually think we're going, to, we're going to stop here, but would like to stop with the Lord's Prayer, and would like to stop with the Lord's Prayer as we have been singing it. And if you have your choir folders with you, you're welcome to use them. I would also encourage you to sing without them because I believe that you can. Um, This is not meant to be a rehearsal, but I'd like to go back again and just look momentarily at this text. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. And I've been both enriched and um, kind of sobered by praying the Lord's Prayer. Over the last number of weeks, I've been coming to that more personally again. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. I'm not sure how best to describe what all that means, except to hallow is to reverence, and to stand before God comes close to us. But in coming close to us, he does not release his holiness. He doesn't become just a backslapping buddy. He is still a God who is holy. Not distance, not distant, not someone that we can't touch, but our Father in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth, even as it is in heaven. And that phrase set is striking in the context of the times in which we live. I want your kingdom to come and be present and be active and be, be functioning just as your kingdom functions in heaven. We can't do very much about that in the scope of the whole world, but we can do something about it in the scope of the part in which we live, for his kingdom to, be, to come, to be present. Give us today what we need and again the next phrase, forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. We are asking God to forgive us in the same way that we forgive and release others. And part of that seems to be saying, if we don't release others, it has something to do with how God releases us. Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Don't lead us into temptation. On, on one hand, that we, we know that God doesn't do that. He doesn't lead us into doing wrong. But he does lead us into doing right. And we're saying, asking God to lead us in ways that honor his name. Deliver us from evil. And in view of all of this, yours, Lord, is the kingdom. Yours is the power. Yours is the glory, now and forever. And so it's familiar. We can say it almost in our sleep, but we dare not. I'd like you to just stand together and sing this together. And with this, then we will be
1: dismissed. <clears throat> oh, oh, oh. Our Father.
0: will be it. And a good night to you all. We'll see you tomorrow.